Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Hoosier fans, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle uh, preview show. Tonight we are previewing Indiana's matchup at Illinois on Saturday. I'm Sammy Jacobs. P.J. Inman will be along with us shortly uh, to go over this matchup. Both teams went into this game at 0-6 in the Big Ten. Indiana 3-6 overall. Illinois 2-7. Uh, so, uh, it's a big game, Indiana. Uh, six, this is it. You can't lose any more games and go to a game. Uh, it's it's do or die. So coming into this game, uh, they're going to have to pick it up. They're, they're nine and a half point favorites that I saw, but we know uh, that game at Maryland, they were favored by team hasn't earned uh, the attitude where they could take an opponent lightly and win. Uh, TJ, welcome to the show. Uh, hopefully you're feeling all right, and, and uh, we'll talk a little football. Absolutely, yeah. Ready to uh, thanks for that. Ready to talk about a game that Indiana, um, you know, really has to win. There's no more. Um, if IU is to get to a third bowl game, the uh, the route is, you know, difficult but pretty obvious. Uh, they've got to win these next three games, and uh, that starts with uh, Saturday in Champaign, uh, an opponent that IU absolutely should beat. Um, you know, should be better than them. Uh, in each phase of the game, but, uh, you know, IU has to, this game is, is for me, this game's about IU. Uh, they need to play smart, clean football on offense, defense, and special teams, have a 60-minute game with no major breakdowns, uh, and, and get out of Champaign with a convincing victory. Um, you know, ultimately, it doesn't matter how many they win by, but... Uh, if they cannot control the game, I'm not saying they have to blow Illinois out, win by 40, uh, but if they are unable to, um, you know, control the game on Saturday, uh, I am not going to feel very confident at all heading into the Rutgers game. No, this is, uh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, one of the things that hurt them last week was penalties. You can't have the holding penalties that you had last week. Uh, you no. know, you can deal with the face mask penalty here and there. You know, those are just effort plays. Uh, but, you know, holding penalties, pass interference plays, those are just things that, you know, they can be prevented. This Illinois team, they're starting true freshmen along the line. They're probably going to start a true freshman at quarterback in Camp Thomas. Uh, they're averaging 16.7 points per game. They're giving up more than that, uh, around 20, 28, 27 points. The defense isn't terrible, uh, but this is an Illini team who really hung on to beat 
a bad Ball State team uh, at the beginning of the year. They they beat Western Kentucky, which at the time looked like a nice, uh, you know, a good win. But Western Kentucky coming with a new coaching staff, their offense last year, and then uh, you know they they've gotten pummeled uh, by most of their opponents that they that they played. Uh, it's hard to go look at common opponents. Uh, the only common opponent that that IU has played so far uh, with Illinois is Wisconsin. Illinois lost to Wisconsin 24-10. Uh, but that was a game that Wisconsin uh, controlled most of the game. Uh, they lost John Taylor in the in the middle of it. So, you know, there are definitely um, some things that, you know, could point to Illinois staying in this. But you're right, the major red flag should come up if Indiana can't control this game and and get out of Illinois with, with a convincing victory. Yeah. Um, you know, Illinois' best offensive performance uh, points-wise was 24 against Ball State and 24 against Rutgers. Uh, But really, their best offensive game of the year was uh, probably back in the second conference game of the season um, against Iowa. They had uh, 446 yards against the Hawkeyes, which that's really impressive. Uh, But, you know, they had four turnovers and ended up getting blown out as a result of it. They couldn't uh, they moved the ball between the 20s, couldn't convert in the red zone, and had four turnovers. So, um, you know, that's the kind of thing uh, that Illinois has come across, is even when they do have, you know, good yardage performances, uh, they're unable to capitalize on those yards by getting points. Um, they only had 250 yards last week against Purdue, were 2 of 13 on third downs. Um, you know, something to look for is who's going to play quarterback. It, it appears. Uh, based on last week and based on, honestly, kind of how they should be approaching this, in my opinion, uh, Cam Thomas, a freshman from Chicago, who is a more athletic option than Jeff George Jr. is, um, provides a running threat. Unclear how much of a throwing threat he is at this time. Right now he's just uh, 14 of 35 with three interceptions. Uh, he does have a, a long rush of 27 yards, and well, you can just tell he's elusive in the backfield. Certainly uh, his frame is, is not one that you would uh, want to go up against uh, Big Ten defenses if you could be choosy about it, but uh, they can't. You know, they're in a spot where I think it's time for them to kind of turn for a guy that does have a, a bit of a high ceiling, and that's Cam Thomas. If they can develop him, uh, he's a guy that could get fans excited for their future if he can have a nice ending to the season. So I would expect Cam Thomas to get the nod on Saturday uh, after he started against Purdue and, and played most of the snaps in that game. Uh, Jeff George Jr. just does not offer anything above probably mediocrity uh, at, at best uh, with him. So I think they'll probably turn to Cam Thomas uh, running back um, they're without Mike Epstein, who another freshman that, that looked pretty good before going out with an injury. Um, last week, Kendrick Foster was the only guy that uh, saw the field for them as a running back, or at least saw carries. Uh, right now, he's only averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Uh, last week, he was okay. I think he got about 73 or 74, something like that. Um, but not a. They don't really have a. a big-time threat at running back. Uh, and then wide receivers. Um, Ricky Smalling is, is looking like he could emerge 
as a as a really good weapon right now, 16.6 yards a catch. And, and again, he's just a freshman. Um, Malik Turner is their secondary target. And then Mike Dudek, um, yeah, I I can't say whether or not he's been able to recover well or not, uh, but he's certainly not been the threat that he was before his injuries. You, you feel for a guy like that, uh, Indiana dealing yeah. with a similar thing with Jason Harris. And Dudek has not had a catch in two of the last three games. So, you know, yeah, really just not a ton in, of offensive weapons. Not a ton. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't played in, in two of the last three games. They came in right. uh, to this season going back to the running game. You thought Kendrick Foster would have a season. He had a good year as a, uh, as a junior last year, and you just thought he he would be better. Um, but he hasn't been. He's played in all games for them, only has 170 yards rushing. Uh, you know, it's behind a bad offense, a young offensive line uh, to do that. This again, you look at it on paper, and there are so many. You look at the their rushers are freshmen. Their, their starting quarterback is probably going to be a freshman. Their top two of their top four receivers are freshmen, uh, and you just—it's a very young Illinois team. Uh, and IU's got to be aware that this week that they say, "Oh, look, we're facing Indiana. They're zero and six in the Big Ten as well. This is our shot for for a Big Ten win, playing at home um, with." You know, against a, an opponent that's a, that's historically been a matchup opponent for them, uh, and, and all of that. But Indiana's got to, you know, we learned from Maryland, you can't take anybody lightly. Uh, this is a game where you have to to focus 100. Uh, percent And you're right, eliminate mistakes. This is a game where Simi Cobb should be the best player. Uh, Indiana in the secondary uh, as a receiver going up against Illinois secondary. This is a game where Morgan Ellison should see uh, some daylight running the ball. It's a game where Richard Lego, who probably will start, uh, should have a good game against Illinois. It's a game that the, this defensive line can can dig through too. Illinois' two starting tackles are true freshmen. Uh, Indiana's some seniors up front at defensive end. Uh, they have Nate Hoff in the middle. This is a defensive line or an offensive line that Indiana should be able to take advantage of, get some TFLs. Yeah, Cam Thomas is elusive in the backfield, uh, but you can force him some bad throws. This is really a, a defense or an offense that Indiana can shut down, have some success, maybe pad those numbers on the defense side of the ball and get those rankings back up where Tom Allen uh, wants to give them the confidence that they need to go into the final two games uh, of year, but it is one game at a time. You have to dig it one quarter at a time. Uh, win the first quarter, win the second quarter, uh, and go on from there. Illinois has lost being outscored in, in every quarter of the season. Uh, we'll see what their interest light is like from their players, but TJ, I'm telling you, this this game I don't want to say I'm not nervous because I'm a little nervous that IU doesn't show up for this one, but you got you got to be careful. If you could get this one, you could get the ball rolling. Rutgers at home, they're playing well, uh, but you know it, it's a home game. You should get some confidence these last three games. Yeah, it, it's just a shaky feeling right now, at least for me, um, just because we have not 
seen this team in the Big Ten be able to get a victory. And that, I mean, that yep. matters to the psyche. It does. Uh, you know, I, I know that the players really believed that this was going to be, uh, it was going to play out differently than what it has. Um, I don't know how many of them legitimately believed that, you know, they'd win every game. Uh, I'm sure some of them did, but, um, you know, I know that those guys really thought this thing would play out differently than, than being 0-6 in the conference. Uh, we all did. And um, it's so it's disconcerting that, uh, that for a variety of factors, injuries, mistakes, uh, the, the schedule being the way that it is, um, you know, bad calls, just uh, poor play in some cases, poor execution, poor play calling. I mean, a, a ton of reasons that have all um, merged together to, to get IU where they are right now. And it's, um, well, you, under normal circumstances, I, I don't think that there'd be much hesitancy about this game. Um, but this this is not a normal circumstance. This team is very beat up, uh, and they both, you know, from an emotional standpoint and a mental standpoint and, and from a physical standpoint, uh, and, and I think that there's a lot of reason to, you know, be concerned about whether or not uh, these guys can can put it all together for 60 minutes and have a complete effort going to result in, in coming out on top on the road, even though they are the, the better team, uh, like I said, in pretty much all facets of the game. So um, it is a – I think it's, like you said, getting this first one – uh, and having a good performance can make you feel a lot better about things going into those final two uh, in your final home game against Rutgers. So uh, this is a, obviously it's a huge game for Indiana. Um, you know, on Illinois' defense, it's going to be interesting because the Illini, none of their top ten tacklers are seniors. Uh, those guys should all be back next year. Uh, they should be improved. You know they've they've got uh, they've got some some decent players there. Delshawn Phillips is a good linebacker, leading them in tackles. Um, Bobby Roundtree, uh, who is a guy that you know IU definitely wanted, uh, he's been able to get a lot of playing time and is tied for the lead in sacks uh, for the Illini. They they only have 14 of them as a team. Roundtree has three. Uh, him and uh, Crawford, James Crawford, both have three. Uh, you know, and just some of the numbers. Um, compared to what Indiana's done. Opponents are converting 46.34% on third downs. Uh, Indiana is only giving up 32.87, so that's a difference of 14%. That's probably two to three third downs per game in an average game uh, that Illinois is giving up more than Indiana. And then uh, the red zone, um, Illinois giving up uh, 80.49%. Uh, scoring with a 65% touchdown rate. Indiana's tick below that, 64.71% red zone rate. Uh, a big one here. Uh, both teams bad in turnovers. Illinois minus three. Indiana, of course, uh, a woeful minus 10, which um, is a big story about why Indiana has not been able to get a couple of these close games. Uh, being minus 10 is just completely unacceptable. Uh, from an uh, from defensive standpoint, you haven't forced more takeaways, and then uh, from an offensive standpoint, that you've continued to have the the turnover problem that um, you know plagued them last season and has continued on 
this year. It has gotten better, uh, particularly in the interceptions, but, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned that IU would, you know, dominate statistically and then find a way to have a couple of boneheaded penalties, have a special teams breakdown here and there, and turn the ball over three or four times and, and find a way to be in a real tight game that goes down to the wire. And if it does, uh, I don't know how anybody could have any confidence that IU pulls it out. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's almost like Pavlov's dogs where uh, close yeah. games in the Big Ten and, and people, they sort of check out. And that, that's going back to, you know, Indiana was up 10 nothing last week, and then they're still ahead 10-7. Fumble happens. I'm walking on the uh, – I'm down on the sidelines. It was – no, understandably a smaller crowd. It, it, it was, the weather wasn't great. It's a noon kickoff. But, man, it was silent. Uh, it, it was like being at a, yep. at a funeral down there where, or, you know, even to put it into more perspective, it's like being at a hospice. It, it, you knew what was coming. And um, yeah. it, it's kind of pathetic and sad. You know, I did this sure. It was a, a bad call. They they got the rule wrong and and things like that. But man, this fan base is just itching and waiting for things uh, bad things to happen. And I, I totally get it. And that if this is a close game against Illinois, that that sneaks into people's minds, doesn't sneak into the coaches and players' minds. Uh, but there's always in in the fans, you know, as soon as. As soon as IU punts or, or makes a bad play, it's oops, here we go again. So hopefully they could wash that brains uh, as far as the guys on the sideline. I think playing a, playing a road game helps that too. It's you against the world. You got your, your seven some odd yeah. guys, your coaching staff, uh, your friends and family in the, in the band, and, and you know the band's going. That's all you need. Uh, it, it's us against the world and. Yeah, Indiana just has playing, uh, has uh, better players right now than Illinois, and it's a game that they absolutely should win. And if they don't, you have to look, take a hard, long look at what this program needs. Yeah, you could blame injuries, and there's been uh, a lot of them. You've lost two starting wide receivers. Uh, you've lost, at times, your starting running back, uh, your best up running back and guest, but Jet is out. Uh, Ian Thomas has been out. You're starting tight end. Uh, you've missed Brandon Knight a little bit uh, a few times. Uh, Simon Stepniak has been out. And that's it's not even all. Ashawn uh, Riggins has been out. Uh, some death pieces on defense. Juan Harris is out. You know, there, there's Marshall a lot Ball. of injuries. Yeah, Marshall Ball's been out for most of the year. You know, all these guys where, you know, it wears on them a little bit. So, you know, Indiana has to. You could blame it uh, a little bit on that, but you got to take if they if they can't win Saturday, you got to take a look at this program. Is you know what's going on? Why 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 can't we beat an Illinois team uh, that clearly better of? Is it coaching personnel? Is it playing personnel? Is it bad luck? Is it Big Ten refs? Is it you know scheduled to start the year? you know, what's going on. So, yeah, you could be a little uh, frustrated, but this is where most people predicted Indiana to be, uh, was three and six going into these last three games. Uh, it, it's not shocking, 
uh, to me that they're three and six. Sure, did we kind of expect better? Did we wish that they they would split the one of the Michigan State uh, Maryland games? Uh, did, do we wish they they beat Michigan? Yeah, but three and six. If you're a a betting person, that would probably be the odds on record uh, that you, that you'd have going into this game. So there's still a lot of season to play. You have a, a quarter of the season left. Everything's still on the table as far as bowl game uh, and beating Purdue, uh, things that, that matter. You know, the biggest thing is you got to get some wins and keep this recruiting class together. And hopefully you could string three wins together, get to a bowl game, get those 15 passes uh, in and, and develop some of these younger players. So that if you do have another year where injuries are like this, you have some developed younger talent you could put in there as depth pieces. I, I think that, you know, one of the things Tom Allen mentioned um, on uh, Monday's press conference was how many snaps uh, Tigre Scales and Chris Covington have played, and uh, it was 80-plus, and they played every defensive snap. And that's a result of, you know, Mike McGinnis not being ready. Uh, it's a result of Damian Willis being injured. Um, and it's, you know, Keontae Walton uh, being out with surgery. Uh, you know, Ron Jones when, hasn't when played. Players, I mean, there's a right, lot of them. Yeah, when when players are uh, injured, it does not affect just the player that's injured. It it impacts everyone in that position group because you're either sliding pieces up on the depth chart that aren't ready to be there, uh, or you are asking you know, guys like Scales and Covington to play about 20 more snaps than you ideally want them to play. And that's, I mean, you can kind of point to uh, late game drives where the defense has just been gassed, uh, and and those have occurred almost every week. And it's, you know, I'm sure the coaches are well aware of it, but uh, when you are going to be turning to completely unproven players and guys you don't trust at this point, uh, you're probably going to make the decision to keep Scales and Covington in and take your chances. Um, and that, that's what they've done. I can't blame them for it. Uh, but that's what injuries do. And if you don't have that overall roster depth, uh, which you know IU is building but needs to continue to build, uh, if you don't have that, then you're going to end up losing close games, and that's that's what has long been a problem for IU football, and uh, it's something that Tom Allen is well aware of, and um, how well he's able to address it is going to determine ultimately kind of how successful he is as the head coach at Indiana. Yeah, that's definitely correct. Is, is you got to attack this problem through recruiting. Uh, he said he's ideally wants to redshirt people. That's just not – the world do you want to redshirt everybody sure uh but there are freshmen coming in could probably help next year there are guys are yeah. inevitably going to get banged up and and freshmen are going to have to play uh, so you gotta take you know you gotta get the best players you can in here and and see what happens um you know and other things so tj let's real quick before we we you know wrap up one key to the game this week, uh, what's your one thing that IU has to do to, to get the W Saturday? Win the turnover battle. Uh, I feel like if Indiana uh, is able to come out 
ahead on turnovers for the first time in a while, if they're able to do that, then I would feel really good about their chances uh, on Saturday. Uh, I I don't, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you've got to force four turnovers against Illinois and get four takeaways. That'd be great. I mean, and, and I'd feel real confident then, but it's more about playing a clean game on the offensive side of the ball and making a couple of plays on defense just to, to win that turnover margin uh, by any margin possible. I feel like that's given Indiana a really strong chance to come out victorious on Saturday. Yeah, and that's a good key. My key is to run the ball, uh, be able to run the ball. You can control the clock a little bit more. It's something they couldn't do against Maryland. Uh, even when they got out to that 14 nothing lead, you couldn't control the clock. Uh, and that eight, the the thirty uh, the five point lead late in the game there, yeah, Morgan Ellison's got to be able to run against this uh, Illinois front, and then hopefully maybe get Cole Guest back. Uh, you know, Ricky Brookins is back there. He's been solid out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Devontae Williams is good out of the backfield as a pass catcher. But they need to run the football and not be one dimensional on offense. Uh, with with Richard Blago back there, and you know, chew up a little bit of this, clock, get a lead, and shut up. And you know, running the ball is is the easiest way to do that. All right, how about a prediction? Uh, a prediction for Saturday. Well, um, I can't say that I'm incredibly confident. Uh, for the reasons we laid out before, but uh, I, I do feel like Indiana understands what's at stake, uh, and it would not surprise me at all to see IU play uh, one of their best games of the season. Um, I I think Lego is going to have a nice day, um, and, and I would not be surprised to see Morgan Ellison eclipse 100 yards. And then the defense, um, I, I really hope that they get after Cam Thomas and play very aggressive against him because I think you can force him into a lot of mistakes uh, and, and make their passing game uh, a real dangerous adventure for them. Uh, so I'm going to go Indiana uh, 34, Illinois 17. Um, but I think Illinois will, will get a late touchdown or, or something against as Indiana's defense, like we said, uh, gets gas at the end of games, but Thirty-four uh, seventeen with the Hoosiers in control for for most of it. Yeah, and that's about what I had it. Um, I said IU thirty-five, Illinois seventeen. Uh, just you know, maybe India gets up big and, and can put some of these backup guys in on defense late in the game, uh, and Illinois scores that way. But this is a game Indiana needs to dominate, should dominate, uh, and just for, for the mental health of everybody involved in the IU football program, fans, uh, players, coaches, support staff, come out here with their hair on fire on Saturday and just prove that, you know what, we had a, a really difficult beginning of the year schedule. This is this is who we are. We're, we're a team who's not yet as good as everybody else uh, in the Big Ten East as far as those top four. We had our shot against Maryland, blew it, but we could beat the lowly teams in the Big Ten, uh, and that starts on Saturday uh, at Illinois. Yeah, I, I I think we both are pretty much on the same wavelength there. Um, it, it would be very disappointing, uh, and I, you know, I would have to ask some questions 
Um, not about, you know, the, the not existential questions about kind of the the place of the program, but, you know, big picture questions about where I think it's going, uh, where I think it currently is, if Indiana is unable to win on Saturday. Um, if if that happens, um, you know, 0-7 uh, with losses to Maryland and Illinois, I, I think that we all would going to have to take a step back and, and reevaluate uh, how close we think IU is to to being, uh, you know, middle of the pack Big Ten team uh, because uh, the evidence would suggest otherwise if, if they were unable to win on Saturday. Yeah, if they lose to this Illinois team, it's a clear step back. You know, Maryland was a toss-up yeah. game last year. They were losing at halftime. It kind of was a game that that shook out the same way as this year. IU got up early. Maryland came back, took the lead, and just IU just had the horses to, to get it done last year. Uh, but they, they didn't really have a loss to a team like Illinois last year. The, the Wake Forest loss is a bad loss, but Wake Forest is a bowl team. This Illinois team is nowhere close to a bowl team. It's a team that that stinks. It's, it's really bad. Um, and it, you're right. You got to re if you if Indiana can't come out of here with a win, you got to re reevaluate what expectations are for this program. It's a clear step back uh, from from where they were. I get you, you changed the, your head coach. You changed your whole entire offensive staff. Uh, there are a lot of holes. Evan Wilson left on this team uh, via offensive line and the quarterback position. But, you know, it, it is a clear step back. And, and what do they need to do to get back to where they were a couple of years ago? That's all. If they win, great. You go to the next one and, and you see what they can yep. do against Rutgers. So got to take it one quarter at a time and uh, just, just take care of business. That's what they got to do. Just take care of business. Let everybody else worry about everything else. Let let writers worry about who's on the hot seat or who's not on the hot seat or the state of the program, uh, things like that, or who should be benched, what decisions to make. You know, just go out, play your game. If you line up against these guys, you, you should be able to play your game win. All right, that does it for our podcast. TJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, Hoosier fans, don't forget, it's a noon kickoff, 11 a.m. Central. It's BTN. I know a lot of people's guides haven't updated yet. Uh, it says Penn State Rutgers uh, right now. Check your overflow channels later in the week. It, it should update uh, later in the week. If not, uh, you could always use the Big Ten to go app. Uh, those games, if you sign in with your cable provider, uh, those games usually can be seen live for free. Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining on, and uh, we'll talk uh, next week. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. All right. That does it for our Illinois IU preview podcast. Uh, you can catch our tailgate show at the game on Saturday morning. You can catch our postgame show after the game on Saturday evening. Uh, and we'll uh, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle uh, for all the Hoosier news and notes you need. All right, that does it for our show. Enjoy your Wednesday, and we'll see you on Saturday. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.